0: Welcome to the Dynasty Defined Podcast. I'm your host, Lee Cawthorne, and this is a podcast discussing the Oklahoma State Cowboys Wrestling Program. In the previous episode, we discussed the lower weights of the Cowboys roster for the 2021-2022 season. Today, we're going to discuss the upper weights, starting at 165 pounds and working our way up to heavyweight. Then I have a couple of questions from listeners that we'll answer. So without further ado, you know, let's get to it. At 165 pounds, there's one person on the roster, and it's Travis Whitlake. He is the seventh ranked wrestler according to Flo, the fifth ranked on Wrestlestat, and the eighth ranked wrestler according to Matt Scouts Willie. So he was an All American in 2021, came in fourth place, had a gr- had a really solid season, was undefeated up to the semifinals of the Big Twelve tournament you know, where he had kind of a fluky loss there, uh, but made, made a mistake, wrestled back, came in third in the NCAAs, kind of a similar deal. He was wrestling well, but he came up a little bit short in a match and, and dropped that one and ended up down on the bottom of the bracket on Friday and worked his way into that third place match on Saturday morning and, um, lost to, uh, uh, Keegan O'Toole, who's a true, true freshman for Missouri, but they were really close, and that's going to be his primary rival here moving forward, more than likely, as uh, Travis does have, what, three weeks of, <laughs> three weeks, three years of eligibility remaining, so we get a long time with Travis Whitlake, uh, he was a cadet world silver medalist. Uh, so he does have an Olympic redshirt as well that he could use if he wanted to, but we haven't really seen him wrestle much freestyle. Um, but you never know, right? He could—he probably is going to want to get back into that as his career progresses. And um, I know that uh, uh, Travis Dream's big, so it um, should be really interesting to see him go. At 174 pounds, uh, the roster's a bit deeper. There are several guys at this weight. Um, Really highlighted by sophomore Dustin Plott, who was the starter last season out of Tuttle. Uh, Dustin, just a great wrestler. He's the number two rated recruit in his recruiting class behind A.J. Ferrari. Um, He, uh, you know, local guy, tough. Just they say that Dustin is uh, one of the toughest people that they've ever encountered. Uh, The coaches say that. Zach Esposito says that, and he went to high school with Steve Mako. So if uh, Espo's saying that about you, you must be one pretty tough guy. But uh, he had some injury issues last year with his shoulder. Uh, he wrestled through it, and he was able to manage that pain, but he found a way to uh, to wrestle pretty well. And he had uh, surgery on his shoulder this offseason. He's been recovering from that. And um, if he's going to be the guy, then uh, they're saying that he's... Uh, He's going to be a contender. I think Willie has him rated number three on his board. So he's number three on Willie's board. He's number 21 on flow and 21 on wrestle stats. So um, the, Willie's always thought high of Dustin. So we'll we'll see what's going on there, and, and we're excited to see what uh, he can do this season if he's going to be the starter. He does have a red shirt to give, and... Of course, uh, four more years of eligibility. So, going to be exciting to watch Dustin here this year. Um, you have a couple of true freshmen in the lineup at 174 pounds. You have Trevor Dops from Goddard, Kansas. He's a true freshman. Uh, he was the state champion in Kansas. Um, you know those can- Kansas is producing some really really good wrestlers and we'll talk about a couple more guys that are from Kansas here as we go through the upper rate, upper weights. But, uh, even in the Oklahoma state lineup, you had Preston Weigel, of course, is from Kansas. You've had, um, well, Tyler Caldwell, of course, uh, there, there are a lot of guys that have come out of that state and it's one that Oklahoma state has been recruiting. Well, uh, you'd like to see, oh, you recruit that state a little bit better. Although, uh, I'm not sure Lou Roselli knows that they wrestle outside of Ohio. And then uh, you also get an opportunity. There's been some discussion of like a Kansas State uh, or, you know, the University of Kansas adding wrestling. And that would be pretty huge for the sport if one of those two schools was to adopt a program. Another true freshman is Austin Long. He's from Norman, or, well, he went to Shawnee High School. So, um, I would just claim Shawnee if I was him, but <laughs> that's a discussion for another time. Uh, he's a, a four-time placer in Oklahoma, a solid wrestler, depth guy. You also have Gavin Sticka, a redshirt junior from Creston, Ohio, in the, on the roster. Um, Gavin's been in the program for a while, know what he he's doing. We've seen him a couple times, not in duels, but in tournaments. So would like to see him get a chance to compete. You also have Chris Christian Ball from Stillwater. He's a redshirt senior, so he's got two more years of eligibility technically because of that COVID year. Um, and I, I know he's he's wrestled some close matches before, so it would be pretty interesting to see a chance to get to see Christian Ball uh, going there in in Stillwater. And then of course, Cade Lindsey, another guy from Kansas, from Derby, Kansas, right outside Wichita. Right, so redshirt sophomore uh, Cade in his redshirt season had some really solid wins at a couple of the tournaments they sent him to. So, um, if Dustin plots, not the guy, there are a lot of options between Lindsay ball and Sticka that have experience in the room. They've been great training partners to guys like Anthony Montalvo and, uh, Travis Whitlake. And, you know, of course, uh, dust, or I'm sorry, uh, Dakota gear. So, you know, great opportunities for those guys if if Dustin is going to take a red shirt. So we'll see what happens there. At 184 pounds, um, a couple newcomers to the roster are Kyle Haas. Kyle Haas uh, was a freshman out of Mays, Kansas. Um, he's Tyler Caldwell's younger brother. So Kyle, outstanding prospect. So he was the. Uh, as high as the number four rated recruit in the class of 2021, um, he was a 2019 Cadet World Team member, so he won a national championship on the cadet level in Fargo there. He uh, he won a lot of national tournaments. He's really, really solid there in his sophomore and junior seasons uh, in high school. Uh, his senior year, he took some time off away from the sport, which, frankly, I think is really solid, really good idea for a young man to uh, take that opportunity to avoid burnout before you go into an intense program like Oklahoma State. Uh, I listened to a podcast with Tyler Caldwell. They talked about Kyle, and uh, he mentioned that he had moved to Stillwater and was living with Tyler and uh, training in the room, going to Stillwater High School. Uh, He didn't compete, but um, he obviously would have been in the room would have been uh, a part of the program and has been making friends, making connections, uh, becoming a part of the culture. So pretty huge opportunity for Kyle Haas there, 184 pounds. He's likely going to red shirt this season. Um, but uh, you know, you've got a good depth guy there at that weight class when, if the time comes or when the time comes. Another freshman out of Stillwater there is Brett Black. Um, You also have Sam Shearer, a redshirt freshman, uh, Jaquan Jackson, a redshirt junior, uh, Christian McCutcheon, a redshirt sophomore, and Evan Sheetley, a sophomore. Uh, Those guys are even more additions to that 184-pound weight class, so lots and lots of depth at 174 and 184 pounds here moving forward, and that's a very young lineup, right? So pretty exciting times. Uh, Then there's two other guys at 184 pounds that I haven't talked about. Uh, First up, we'll talk about Anthony Montalvo, uh, Taco, as they call him in the room. Uh, Montalvo, he uh, is a redshirt junior. And according to WrestleStat, he's the number 16 ranked wrestler at that weight. Um, Montalvo had a great season in 2020. Uh, He was, especially towards the end of the year, really coming along and really doing well. Um, got to a point where he was kind of dominating guys in the Big 12. And I think at the Big 12 tournament, he wrestled his way to a really solid finish there. He he was just powerful. Uh, he wrestles with a big chip on his shoulder. He's uh, tough. He's aggressive. Um, he's a really exciting, fun wrestler to watch. And I know last year he had some injury issues. He had some things going on where he wasn't really able to make it into the lineup as much as he would have liked to have been. Um, but you also have... What we'll talk about next is an experienced guy in Dakota gear uh, wrestling at this weight as well. Uh, Dakota transferred from Edinburgh and Pennsylvania uh, after his freshman season there, and he has been really solid uh, filler or filling guy, right? He just kind of did what he was told to do when he was at Oklahoma, or as he's been at Oklahoma State over the past three years, and he's All-American twice. And of course, one year, they didn't have a tournament. Considering he was the number 33 seed, or number 32 seed, or something like that, in 2019 in Pittsburgh, and he found a way to get to All-American status, including beating uh, Shakur Rashid from Penn State there in the uh, um, blood round. He is a guy that just gets it done. He goes out, he wrestles, he gets the job done, right? And Dakota is also a really solid follow on social media. If you haven't uh, checked out his Instagram, uh, Gear's a a funny, funny guy. So uh, if you like jokes and you like uh, people being goofy and uh, posting quotes and bits from goofy shows, then don't follow him. But uh, if you do like that kind of thing, he's he's a great follow. So I definitely recommend it. Uh, sharp guy. But um, Dakota Gear, you know, he's uh, in his graduate year, last year of eligibility, and we'll see what uh, he can do if he's the guy at 184 pounds. Again, tons of options there. We'll move on to 197 pounds, where you have returning national champion, AJ Ferrari, who was a true freshman last year, he's a, he's a sophomore this year, and he's ranked number one across the board, so AJ is uh, AJ, <laughs> We who hasn't seen him yet, uh, who's not familiar with what AJ Ferrari is, um, he's uh, exciting, he's uh, strong, and he's, a, he's an excellent wrestler, and we get uh, four more years of him, so let's enjoy that. Uh, also at 197 pounds, backing him up. You've got <clears throat> a guy who a lot of people thought was going to bulk up to heavyweight, um, but he's listed on the roster at splitting between 184 or 197 pounds, and that's Luke Serber out of Tuttle, Oklahoma. He's in that same weight class with, or I'm sorry, a recruiting class with AJ Ferrari and uh, Dustin Plot and Trevor Master Giovanni and them. He's a uh, really 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 solid well thought of wrestler he had a great junior career and uh i think he's a multi-time state champion in high school he was uh uh, the number 28 rated recruit in his class and the number two rated recruit recruit in his weight class so um you know Luke Serber, not somebody that you want to sleep on. We've heard that he keeps it pretty close in the in the room with uh, the people that he competes with. Which, if you can imagine, guys like Dakota Gear, guys like Anthony Montalvo, AJ Ferrari, Connor DeSette. So Luke Serber, somebody to keep an eye on at 197 pounds. And then we'll get into the heavyweights here. There's two heavyweights on the roster in Austin Harris, uh, and Connor DeSette. Austin Harris is a redshirt senior. He's from Oregon and, uh, his rankings are ninth on flow, 13th on WrestleStat and 16th on Matt Scouts. So Austin really surprised people last year. He got so much better as the year went on. And, He was always a a really solid freestyle wrestler, Austin was, especially at that 220-pound weight class uh, um, that exists in international wrestling. Uh, But he couldn't really fit in the lineup at 197 pounds, and then he hasn't really seemed to be able to put on the weight to get up to and be competitive in heavyweight. But technically, Austin's one of the best wrestlers in the room right? He's, uh, he gets to legs. He executes when he gets to legs. His issue has just been, he's under, underweight. I mean, it's only so much you can do, especially at this level of wrestling when you're heavyweight guys, especially these days that are weighing 265, 270 pounds, and they're just as fast as 197 pounders. So, um, that's a, that's tough. That's a tough task, but I've heard some rumors that Austin's put on a lot of good weight. He's, uh, cutting down to about 245 or 250 pounds now, and, uh, he should be able to go out and really compete at that heavyweight level. Derek White, for example, he was, after some hard training weeks, he had bulked up a lot, um, but was still competing around 250 pounds. So There's a, there's a lot of space between 197 pounds and 285 pounds, but getting up to 285 pounds and actually competing at that weight is uh, hard, (laughs) especially now when you need to have the endurance. So really you see a lot of guys in that 260 pound range. So if you're only giving up about 10 or so pounds, you're going to be okay. So Austin if he's gotten up there, he he should be uh, solid again. I mean, he finished, he, he made it to the blood round there in uh, the NCAA's last year, and including a, a couple of really great wins against um, Zach Elam from Missouri and uh, a couple other guys. I can't I can't really recall right now, but he's uh, he's somebody that we should really see. Um, come on strong for his senior season, um, and then of course he has that COVID year as well. So we'll we'll see if he comes back for 2022-2023 But for now, the the backup there and the and you know possibly the person that we see a lot this year is Connor DeSette. Connor was the seventy eighth rated recruit in his recruiting class, and according to Wrestlestat, he's the number fifty eight rated wrestler in NCAA at heavyweight right now. Uh, Connor actually had a pretty solid freshman season as well at the Cowboy Challenge. He made it to the finals and wrestled Austin Harris, where I think he lost two to one. <laughs> that was actually a really good match. I'm going to go find the tape for that and watch it again. It it was, uh, it was defensive. You could tell they knew each other really well. Uh, so those matches where they're guys who are teammates and wrestle each other every day, you can usually tell when... Uh, that they know each other and that they're not going to go out there and necessarily pin one another. But uh, Connor kept it close with Austin and I don't think it was in a fluky way. So we'll see what happens at heavyweight here moving forward for the next couple of years. Um, But that's it for the lineup. So if we break it down by the numbers, 14 guys who are rated in the top 30 in their recruiting class, five All-Americans, two NCAA finalists, one NCAA champion, one senior world silver medalist, six cadet or junior world team members, including four who were medalists, and multiple junior national champions. The roster is set up so well. Only two wrestlers officially exhaust their eligibility this year in Dusty Hone and Dakota Gear. Recruiting has been excellent, and now is the time to put it all together and end what is now the second longest title drought in program history, 14 years. 2021-2022 is going to have an interesting lineup, which we'll discuss next time on Dynasty Defined. Now I'm going to take some questions from some of our listeners here that have submitted on Anchor. Uh, you can always uh, go on and, and submit your own questions. I'll include a link to that in the show notes as well as on Twitter. Uh, please interact ask questions and uh, be sure to um, let me know how I'm doing let me know what you think let me know uh, what's going on. How do you see 133 and 125 playing out for the next couple of years? Uh, Fix obviously uh, seems to have settled in at 130 like the bigger weight with the way he wrestled this summer uh, will be the 133 moving forward. If Mastro grows, whatever happens there, does he take a red shirt? How do you kind of see that situation playing out? Because I know Mastro is a little bit of a big 125. you think he can cut for the next couple years, or um, does he kind of fill out that 33 and then maybe take a red shirt? Just how does that play out? Thanks, Seth, for the question. That question is from Seth Duckworth. You guys know him from – uh, the pistols firing blog, as well as oh wrestle and uh, shoot flow wrestling, all kinds of. That's a busy man. Uh, Thanks so much for taking the time to to ask a question. Really appreciate it. Um, To get to your question, one twenty five to one thirty three. I thought there was a good opportunity there when we had Jace and Burks to um, red shirt one last season. So. Like they wrestled Burks last season, or they wrestled Mastro last season, red shirt Burks, and then have them kind of flip around while uh Dayton was still wrestling and in the room. COVID kind of threw a hitch in that, as did obviously Burks transferred up to uh JUCO in Iowa. So um now you kind of have a similar deal with Mastro and Whitcraft. I know Whitcraft's on the bigger end for a 125-2, so Look, if you want to get in the lineup, I'm I'm a strong believer in if you want to get in the lineup, you need to make the weight. um, And you need, or you need to go beat the guy at the weight you want to be at. So, can, can Mastro go beat Dayton Fix? I don't think so. Um, But, uh, you know, he'll cut, I think, for the next couple of years to stay in the lineup at 125 pounds. And then he'll get his shot at 133, or he could always go up to 141, which, is getting kind of crowded as well. So thanks again for the question, Seth. And we'll kind of see keep keep that in the back of our minds as we watch this season play out with what's going to happen at 125. Uh, as, as we know, 133 is probably locked up by fix. So we'll see. And the next question is going to come from David Welchel. Who do you think is going to be the next breakout wrestler that we have? Um, like, for example, last year we had AJ Ferrari break out and win a uh, national title his freshman year. Who who do you see it being this year or maybe even next year? Thanks. David, my man, thanks so much for the question. I really appreciate it. It's a really good one. Uh, Who's going to be the next person that kind of comes out of nowhere or that breaks out and is a national championship contender? Um, You know, there's some Guys on that list of incoming recruits or, or guys that are already in the room that uh, are a bit easy answers, uh, Dustin Plots one, I think I, I'll say it here in a bit. Uh, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Dustin Plots a guy that I think is going to be a two or three time national champion. Um, I don't think it's crazy to say that he's the number two recruit in the country. Uh, for a reason, and uh, if he stays healthy, I think he's going to be a great wrestler for us. Um, I also think that you know saying that guys like AJ Ferrari or breakout is a little bit of a um, easy, right? It's like saying uh, Gable Stevenson's going to be a breakout star, right? So uh, I think that uh, um, you know we've got a lot of guys on the roster that could go up and, and be finalists. Travis Whitlake, obviously. And like I answered in Aaron's question, um, there's there's a lot, but I think that uh, somebody who's going to be a breakout star that we don't really see coming is uh, Connor Doucette. Uh Connor, since he came in, has been a little bit slept on. People talk about Luke Serber bulking. People talk talk about AJ Ferrari going up to heavyweight. People were lamenting not getting um, the guy from. West Virginia, who ended up going to Wisconsin, right? So we've been kind of looking for that next heavyweight star. And Connor Doucette technically is a really, really good wrestler, very solid, very fast, uh, pretty strong for being a bit of a smaller guy. He wrestled in international competition at 220 pounds. So um, with two years in the room, put on some good weight. If he's walking around at 240, 250, Um, And then with the potential to grow up to 260-270, I really think that Connor DeSette is a guy that by his junior year uh, is going to be competing for All-American status. Uh, Heavyweights, sometimes they take time to develop. Not everybody can have a star heavyweight as a freshman. Um, That's kind of what makes AJ Ferrari so special at 197. It's what made obviously Gable Stevenson so special. It's what made uh, Mason Paris at Michigan so special. So uh, like I, I think that uh, Doucette is one of those developmental guys, like a Derek White. Derek White was an NCAA finalist, and did any of us any, did any of us see that coming when he transferred from Nebraska? So I know he did. I know Connor sees that in himself too. And I know he's got the gut and the drive to go compete and and make something big happen there. So I think Connor Doucette going to be the breakout guy over the next couple of years that we're going to talk about for a long time. Thanks so much for the question, David. Hey Lee, this is Aaron. I got a question for you. Um, uh, there's two guys that I think uh, are, are obviously genuine All-American candidates this year. One one reached that status last year, but uh, I think these two could potentially be guys that uh, work their way into a semifinals, which, which really gives you an opportunity to compete for a national title. But Travis Whitlake at 65 and, and Dustin Plott at 74, what is it that you think those two guys need to do to take that next step, to jump levels, to go from... Uh, what I think are solid All Americans uh, into that next level where they're really pushing and competing for a national title. Uh, what is it their game, uh, their technique, their style? What do they need to do to take, to take that next step? Thanks. Aaron, thanks again for the question, brother. I, I really think that you're spot on there with uh, both Whitlake and uh, Plot being guys that Oklahoma State needs to make it to the top level. Uh, to be able to compete for national titles, you have Dayton Fix and AJ Ferrari making it to the finals. And uh, to compete with Iowa and Penn State, you need three or four guys on the big stage on Saturday night to go out and, you know, maybe not win a national championship, but those points that you get for finishing top two really make a huge difference in the team race. So, uh, Whitlake, Look, he's a great wrestler. He's lost, what, four matches in his career at Oklahoma State so far. He's uh, um, been what we needed him to be. Uh, Unfortunately, he lost that 2020 tournament, but uh, coming into 2021, um, he looked great. He didn't necessarily get the test that we would have liked him to get. He did wrestle Alex Marinelli, came up a little bit short there in Carver-Hawkeye, but... I think he's every bit as good as Alex Marinelli. Uh, I'm not going to mince words that I kind of think Marinelli's a little bit overhyped when it comes to the discussion around uh, national wrestling conversation. Um, He is a solid wrestler and uh, apparently a really good dude, but um, you know, good dudes don't always win wrestling bouts. And uh, I think if Whitley gets another shot at him, which he most certainly will, uh, Whitlake's got a really good shot at at knocking him off and hopefully it comes a couple times in March, right? So um, would love to see Whitlake take that step and, and get on the big stage on Friday night and Saturday night and and uh, go wrestle for a national championship. Um, I think to do that, he really needs to just let it loose a little bit more. he be a little bit more aggressive, get to legs, uh, take some shots and uh, really trust his offense. I, I think he tends to do what you know, I've lamented a few times that Oklahoma State wrestlers have tended to do over the past few years is is rely on their defense a little bit too much, rely on their opponent making a mistake. And instead of going out and forcing a mistake, I think if Whitlake can just kind of get over a bit of a hump to, to go out and, and make things happen with his skill, then I think he'll be uh, every bit the contender at 165 that uh, we expect him to be. And then with Plot, I, I think it's just a matter of time before he's uh, on that big stage. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it was this year. Uh, if he stays healthy, which is going to be the big question mark with Plott, uh he's going to be out there. And uh, I think regardless of if he's healthy or not, he's going to be healthy. Or I'm sorry, regardless of if he's healthy or not, he's going to be out there. And he's going to go uh, try his darndest to uh, win big for Oklahoma State wrestling. He wants it and I think he's on a different level. So I expect him to be a two- or three-time national champion, and I don't think that uh, it's out of the realm of reason or responsibility on my part to expect that. So uh, really excited to see um, Dustin and Travis develop there. Again, we at Oklahoma State fans need them. We need them to do it. So thanks so much for the question, Aaron. Great question. All right. I had one more question from Twitter that I wanted to get to that was relevant to this episode. And that is from riding time locked at ride time locked on Twitter. He asked, what are the chances that Luke Serber is the starting 285 this season? And I've talked about this a little bit in the episode, but, um, look, I am not going to hide that I'm super high on Luke Serber. We'll talk about that a little bit more in the next episode when we predict lineups, but uh, Luke is listed on the roster at splitting between one eighty four or one ninety seven. I've heard some rumors that he is uh, he kind of stalled out at about two hundred and twenty pounds on his bulk plan. So he's gonna wrestle down this season. Um, I'm not gonna be surprised if we see him at one ninety seven. So uh, um, we'll discuss that a little bit more next week. I'm really excited to see Luke Cerber wrestle. And uh, thanks so much for the question, Ride Time Locked. I think that uh, that is an awesome question. I'd love more like it. And that's going to be it for tonight, everybody. So thanks so much again for tuning in. I really appreciate the support that the community has given me over the past week as we've launched this podcast. As always, thanks so much to the Oklahoma State wrestling community. Uh, Seth Duckworth, Adam Engel, the guys on GPS—you know, there's there's a ton of people that I need to think and and get to. I do want to make sure that I correct a mistake I made in episode one. The person who made the logo and the intro music, uh, Adam Michaels is his name. So I called him Adam Milks, and uh, uh, I I don't think either of us are ever going to live that down. But uh, <laughs> I apologize for that, Adam. Um, thanks so much for making. This awesome, uh, beautiful people start intro music and then as well as the awesome logos. So really excited to to continue this going. Um, Link to ask questions is in the show notes. You can find me on Twitter at Lee Cothran, L-E-E-C-O-T-H-R-A-N. Still working on getting some social media stuff set up on the gram, on on Twitter, wherever else you want to find me. Um, You can download this episode on Spotify, uh, iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. So, um, give me a, make sure to subscribe on your favorite service. Um, make sure to listen and make sure to tell your wrestling friends that, uh, this thing's out here and we're up and rolling and we're going to get this, keep this thing going through this season and see how it goes. So thanks again. And, uh, we will talk on Thursday to go over the lineup for 2021 and 2022.